Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Radio Network. I am so excited about today because we're going to be talking in just a few minutes with Keith Pierce, who is the Vice President of Product Marketing over at Salesforce, but not just Salesforce, the service cloud of Salesforce. And Salesforce, as everybody knows, and we'll talk about this with Keith because I want to understand uh, how they made the shift from being a, a sales-focused company with software that is truly focused on supporting the salesperson, uh, CRM, customer relationship management. Um, and that's a great concept of being able to ha- know everything you can know about your customer, the last call, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also a great concept for service. But the fact that a sales company has moved into the service area is pretty impressive. And um, they have other areas as well. But I believe the service, customer service uh, area and the service cloud is becoming one of their biggest growth areas. So we're going to talk to them about that. I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask them because I'm holding in my hand right now as I'm doing this show, I'm, I'm holding the uh, brand new, just released state of service uh, insights and trends from more than 2,600 global service trailblazers. And this comes to us, compliments of our good friends over at Salesforce Research. Now, the first stat that I want to cover, and I'm only going to cover a few of these because I want to get into the interview in just a few minutes, is that uh, on the very, very uh, first pages, it talks about at the introduction how uh, the connected customers are going to reshape the service industry. And I believe what that's saying is that customer experience and customer service is going to um, just completely uh, dominate the uh, competitive nature of business. Uh, Customer experience unlocks a competitive advantage. And customers and companies that can connect with one another, um, it's, it's just an opportunity to build customer loyalty, to move from transactional to something that's more relational, relationship relationship and all, no, but relationship-based. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the survey states that 8 out of 10 business executives agree that customer service is the primary vehicle to improve overall customer experience. 8 out of 10. Specifically, 85% of business executives believe that customer experience is a key competitive differentiator. And 80% of business executives view customer service as the primary vehicle for improving the customer experience. Now, this is important. Customer service has been around for years and years and years, and, and well, forever. Uh, but it, it, in the early years, it's always was in person or on the phone, and over the past few years, it shifted to being online and, and email-based and message-based and social media-based and, and everything else. But what's happening now is that executives are viewing the service as the, uh, the way to improve the experience. So what happened is there was a shift from people focusing on services saying, hey, let's look at the whole experience. Very important to do so. If you asked me five years ago, what's customer experience, I would have told you it's customer service. Then three years ago, I would have told you that customer service is now becoming 
part of the customer experience. And people like Steve Jobs, and by the way, I may have my years wrong. Maybe it was seven years ago I would have said this, but it's evolved. Steve Jobs said that, you know, I want people to have an experience when they open up the package of the iPhone and go, wow, just by the experience of opening up the package. There's, uh, you can take a course, not just a course, you can have a whole degree focused on, you know, product packaging and product design in colleges today because the design factor of the customer experience is so huge. But what's really interesting is that there's a shift now. The shift went to looking at the whole customer experience and saying, we've got to focus on other things. They're so important. And customer service is important. It's always been there. But service is so important. I mean, the experience is so important. Let's start focusing more on these things leading up to uh, or, or whenever the customer is just interacting with our product or packaging, our brand, and other ways other than just service. But my friends, what's happening now is there's becoming a shift back to service being perhaps the most important component of the customer experience. And here's my point. I would venture to say that I would rather have and I think most people would agree that we would rather have a better customer service experience than a better experience of just opening a box and saying, wow, hey, give me a nice box, make it a nice experience, but you don't need to blow me away with it. If you want to blow me away with it, blow me away with the total experience, which includes, for the most part, the customer experience, every interaction that I have with your company. All right, I want to give you one more stat. And that is that empowered customers expect customer service to be personalized. In other words, when I say empowered customers, that's basically people that are becoming very comfortable and have high expectations of you. And here is the stat. Demonstrating customer knowledge. In other words, if you call a company or you walk in and see somebody, uh, somebody who can demonstrate knowledge about their customer can impact allegiance, uh, which means a 69, uh, so, so as 69% of consumers and 82% of business buyers, so this isn't just business to consumer, this is B2B, business to business, 69% of consumers and 82% of business buyers say personalized customer care has a major or moderate influence on their loyalty toward companies. of consumers say personalized care influences their loyalty. 82% of business buyers say personalized care influences their loyalty. I am criticized uh, that a lot of what I talk about is focused primarily on business to consumer. And every time I write an article, I emphasize, while this looks like it's about a store, this principle can also be applied to B2B. And I try to have a balance between business-to-business examples and business-to-consumer examples. But for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's because people have probably more consumer experiences than they do business experiences that uh, people seem to shift their thinking to so much of what we talk about here on the show, so much of what I write about in my articles, uh, seems to be focused on the consumer. Not true. Everything we talk about is for both the consumer and business, you sometimes have to make uh, an, a bridge between them, but I try to give you the example so you really don't have to. All right, with that in mind, uh, we're going to shift into our interview. In a moment, we're going to come back, and when we do, we'll be talking with Keith Pierce of Salesforce. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Radio Network, and I promised you an amazing interview, and today we have Keith Pierce. Uh, As you know, Keith Pierce, uh, from me talking about him earlier, is a VP of Product Marketing at Salesforce, the Service Cloud, and he's responsible for the marketing strategy, vision, and execution of many things happening over there at Salesforce. And Keith, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. Um, so go ahead and say hello, and then I'm going to roll into my first question because it's a real important one. That sounds good, Shep. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Looking well, I, forward to the discussion. I am excited. So the first question, or actually it's more of an opportunity, is for the audience to understand that Salesforce is primarily over the years been thought of as a sales tool, a CRM, customer relationship management, following up with customers, keeping track of customers, knowing everything you can. Uh, and it's a wonderful sales tool, sales automation tool. But what is this service cloud thing you're working on? When did Salesforce get into service? And people don't realize it, but it is a big business. It is. It is. Thanks for the question. Um, so, yeah, being working for a company called Salesforce, who started as a Salesforce autom- automation tool, and you know we developed Service Cloud because we realized we needed to support those Salesforce automation customers, um, and that was you know over a decade ago. And today, this is one of our fastest growing and largest cloud businesses at Salesforce, um, and will be the largest cloud business in the next five years. And so what it is, quite simply, it's an Internet service. It's a cloud-based service that allows customer service departments and customer service agents to be able to manage their customer interactions. So it's not just storing customer information, the CRM that you talked about, but it's how do you provide the case management that goes along with every interaction you have with a customer. Um, And it provides a, a console, a service console, for customer service workers to be able to see all the information they need to be able to provide great customer service to customers. All right, so you just said something. In five years, it's your biggest uh, piece of business. Does that mean it's going to usurp the sales force that we've always known and loved? Yeah, it, that's that's the plan, and that's the forecast. And so it's a great time to be working in Service Cloud when those are the predictions for the business, and I think it just reflects kind of a macro trend around more and more companies doubling down on customer service, realizing customer service is the only sustainable competitive differentiator they have. So we're really excited to help companies realize that potential. So the basically the world has become a uh, the sales world for the most part, especially in consumer areas, but B2B as well has become commoditized. And I believe that's happened primarily because it's so easy to access information from a competitor, if I'm going to be interested in buying from you, I can go do my shopping, do my research, and uh, the Internet has made the world a smaller world. I mean, I, I, I now have access to competitors, uh, of yeah. my vendors that I never had access to. And I yeah. agree with you. Without service, and I love your concept, doubling down. 
And I talked about this uh, in the warm-up prior to our interview. I talked about the state of service, your your trends uh, that you've put into a beautiful document, and I highly recommend it. Again, I mentioned this before, but I highly recommend that everybody just Google uh, Salesforce uh, state of service, and you will get access to an incredible report that has all kinds of information. And if that doesn't make the case for why service is important to your business, I don't know what we're doing here talking about this today. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, let's let's talk about uh, a little bit out of the report, but but I mean, main trends. You say companies are doubling down on service, and are they really doubling down, or are they just ramping it up a little bit? I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, our take is really quite simply this. When you think about the way you communicate as a consumer with your friends, with your family, you're using some pretty innovative and progressive forms of communication. And yet, when you go to get service from a company, you're really kind of going back in time almost, right? You're dealing with the the contact us channels that they've advertised. So what we see the opportunity for companies to do around the service experience is to say, we need to be in the conversation where customers are. We need to be able to provide the communication with them the same way they, they, they communicate with their friends and family. Make it easy, make it seamless, uh, not have this jarring experience between our self-service channels and when they actually need to talk to a person, have that be very fluid. So at a high level, Chef, that's what we're talking about is make it easy, make it conversational to be able to do business and get service from a company instead of this transactional way that companies have done it uh, historically in customer service. And I, I, the word seamless is important. Moving somebody from a self-service channel, a social channel, uh, to a conversation if necessary. Uh, it needs to be real easy to do. And when we talk about social customer service, we uh, talk about if you're if somebody's communicating with you on Twitter, don't switch them to Facebook. Uh, now, it's I think it's reasonable to switch them to the phone if necessary. Right. But that would be the only channel that you move somebody to. And, and that's just my opinion. I don't know if you feel uh, differently about that. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it starts with, you know, we're all we're all mobile driven first, right? Our mobile phone and, and, and mobile interaction is where, you know, we spend our time as consumers in a screen. Um, and increasingly, we see more and more consumers using mobile messaging. So it's not just the SMS, but it's mobile messaging apps like Facebook Messenger. And, you know, companies need to be present within those apps, and they haven't been to date. And that's where we're moving with, with, with this notion of conversational service is providing the service where the customers are, if that's in a messaging app, being able to respond. Um, and the transition to another channel, if it's, a, if it's an assisted service channel, needs to be seamless and smooth and not feel like you've been jarred into a whole other world and you're dealing with someone that doesn't have all the context of where you've been. So that's where we think is really, you know, service will be mobile-driven and companies need to be there uh, in a new form. I think you mentioned something really important, and that is uh, when people think of messaging, most companies think it's text messaging. Give me your mobile phone number so I can text you. Now, that's the new right. version of give me your email address. Um, I've been talking to some people re- recently, and they feel that that mobile messaging is about getting on your personal Facebook channel. That's more important than a, a telephone number. It's more important than an email address because people are going to start communicating in those channels and nowhere else. And so Facebook Absolutely. Messenger becomes really, really important. Absolutely. Um, all right. Absolutely. 
biggest trends you see in customer service for 2017, and, and how do they differ from last year? Sure. So a couple. Uh, first of all, probably to no surprise, artificial intelligence really rises to the top as something that service leaders are looking to leverage to provide a more intelligent, personalized, sort of smart and conversational form of service. That's one of the key takeaways. The second one, and I think this is very positive, um, is they realize it's not just about the customer service department anymore, that a company that's going to be a customer service, customer experience leader, they have to break down these departments that they've established as part of forming their enterprise and really communicate and collaborate across uh, the company to provide a great customer experience. So it doesn't matter who you talk to. Yeah, it, right. it, it shouldn't. Yeah, right. it shouldn't matter. A, a consumer is not trying to, um, you know, do business with a department, right? They don't think of that. They're just trying to solve a problem, um, and they don't want to have to go between departments and, and and deal with repeating information and deal with repeating their problem. They just want to get help uh, in in the easiest form possible. Um, so you know, that's really the second the second trend. And then the, the third one, which we talked about a little bit, is that. You know, companies realize this is service is not just something they have to do. It's competitive differentiation. It's sustainable, um, and it's strategic, which is good news for anyone who's in the service industry because it's about to go through a real disruption. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. As a guy that gets hired to speak around the world on service, I am very excited that service is finally getting noticed. <laughs> no, that's yeah, I am too. Noticed am for a too. long time. But it is. It's, it's, that's huge. All right, let's jump to AI, artificial intelligence, because uh, you said something, and I know that that is your number one trend. Um, how is it? People, people when they think you just said you want a fluid conversation, but come on, AI, uh, I think what people uh, most of the time think of when they think of having to deal with an artificial intelligence service strategy means they're going to be talking to a computer. How is that a fluid conversation? Yeah, well, first of all, in what you just said, if if they feel like they're dealing with an artificial intelligence system, then something's gone wrong uh, because it just it just should feel natural. They should get crisp, concise answers to what they need, and it shouldn't matter uh, the form that it's coming, whether that's coming in the form of a bot or a person. It's just that they're getting the right answer. So in order for companies to get AI right, they don't, they shouldn't think about an AI channel. They should just think about getting the right answer to the customer. I think the trick is, you know, it's being thought of a lot as how do you make the self-service system smarter, and that's a great place for it. The mundane tasks that people need help with, frankly, they don't need to deal with a person, and they don't want to deal with a person. But when they do deal with a person, the expectation now is that that person is going to be one step ahead of where they've been. And and so that's where we see the opportunity for AI is an empowering service uh, agents, uh, service leaders to be able to be one step ahead of customers. So be able to say, I know you're dealing with this issue. This is the fix that we have. And other people that had this same issue that did this saw this better result. So, you know, as consumers, if we have to talk to a person, our expectation is really, really high today. So the agent in this whole service transformation and this whole opportunity is elevated as a much more strategic asset of a company than, than, than they have ever been. Um, and AI will help make them sort of the superstars they need to be to provide the kind of service that customers expect. Right. So I think what I'm hearing you say is for simple, easy, mundane-type tasks, I'm, I'm switching an address, uh, have a really basic question about maybe 
uh, doing business with you, a process, not so much uh, I need help and support, but some of those mundane type of questions that would normally suck up the time of a customer service rep and perhaps put the customer into a queue where they have to wait to talk to that rep. Now it can be done much quicker through AI, talking to you, getting your information. Uh, and I'll go a step further and say that, that some AI is uh, getting better and better at learning. And, uh, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to finish that thought with you about how AI supports an agent, doesn't replace an agent. And then I want to talk to you about different ways uh, you feel that companies can differentiate themselves and use service as a competitive advantage. So we'll be right back, everybody. We're talking with Keith Pierce. Uh, he is VP of Product Marketing at Salesforce, their service cloud, and you're listening to Amazing Business Radio on C-Suite. Be right back. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com. Digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking with Keith Pierce, and gosh, I'm excited. AI, it is like the coolest thing, artificial intelligence. So here's the point that I was making as we ended the, the first part of our interview, is that AI doesn't just replace an agent. Everybody thought when ATMs, and I, I heard this from one of our recent interviews, uh, they thought that ATMs were going to replace the bank teller. Yet every bank I go into still has bank tellers. <laughs> and uh, there's just another way to get your money. I think artificial intelligence does supplement, and, and it may take a few jobs away for the mundane tasks, but I think that artificial intelligence overall is supporting the agent who's working to give a better service experience. If AI is doing its thing, it's listening to a conversation, it's understanding uh, what the customer really wants, and it's bringing up on the screen what the rep needs to tell the customer in real time. To me, that's the ultimate use of artificial intelligence. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, by the way, I just noticed yesterday a press release came out. And by the time yeah. this airs in a week yeah. or two, uh, yeah. yesterday a press release came out that you've just bought an artificial intelligence company. Well, yes. And we're, so we announced yesterday Service Cloud Einstein. And, and uh, for those that missed it at Dreamforce last year, we announced Einstein as our artificial intelligence uh, offering, which is baked into our, our platform. So you mentioned our, our sales platform, all of our customer success platform will be powered by Einstein, which is for service cloud, which makes it an intelligent you know, customer service platform to do some of those things that you just talked about, to, to give both customers and agents the intelligent, uh, proactive uh, form of service that they so require and need today to, uh, to get 
the information they need to, to, to transact business with companies. Right. Very cool stuff is going on. I yeah. love it. I mean, we're living yeah. in the future. And, and I remember I was 14 years old when I got a calculator, which, by the way, was much larger than my cell phone. <laughs> but I was the cool, nerdy kid on the block with a calculator. And uh, I remember the first computer I got in the early 1980s, and uh, there was no hard drive. It was CP-ROM swapping disks, and now we're talking about uh, computers actually supporting us, doing amazing things. Anyway, let's switch gears to something that I think everybody listening to will be able to appreciate, and that is, um, you know, how do you differentiate yourself uh, using service? You've got some strong ideas, and I'd love to hear them. Yeah, I do. I think, you know, we talked about it in, in the beginning of our of our interview, but, you know, there have been some major forces, sort of macro forces, that have, that have created this opportunity. As industries have become deregulated and really with the power of what we were just talking about, computing and cloud computing, you know, an individual who's an entrepreneur in the basement of their home now can can look like a big company and can disrupt some really tried and true uh, industries. And we've seen this around the sharing economy companies. So what you find that's interesting about all of those success stories of disruptive companies, the kind you're reading about in business magazines, is customer service is right there at the top. They've gone into an established industry, and they've led with customer service, and they've disrupted on customer service, and provided customers with the forms of service interaction at the places where customers are not the places where they, where they publish and say, this is how to contact us. There's a fundamental shift that's happening around that, is moving to where customers are, being in their sort of state of being, in their state of communicating, um, and adapting to that. That's the great opportunity for, for companies to think about how they can deliver a more conversational service instead of a transactional one that's just convenient for them. These are our hours. This is how you can contact us vis-a-vis a conversational service experience, which is right there. It's always on, and it's in the channels customers are in. And when you say in the channels and being there and having a conversation, it sounds to me like we're leaning towards social media channels. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, messaging channels, social media channels, and you know, we don't know what the next channels will be. You know, that's what the interesting thing is. You know, who, who thought? Um, right. I'm trying to figure out what, what's the next one. We've, haven't we already gotten all the channels? <laughs> just when just when you think you have, here comes something else, right? So what's what's the new instant video channel that we're going to I know, have? I know. I was so excited when I was a kid. And I know this keeps dating me, and I keep talking about when I was a kid. But, man, they there were four channels, and they added a fifth on TV. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right, right. <laughs> and now, yeah, we have no idea. So uh, does content marketing uh, play a part in customer service? And, by the way, they there was a uh, – line that came out a few years ago that customer service is the new marketing and I'll go a step further and say it's now social media customer service is really the new marketing so are you talking about a play and, I, and I'm going to throw messaging into social media channels because they really are yeah 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 no look for us the, the social media was um, it, 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 it's interesting how many companies really leverage that as a service channel. It's almost a parallel to, to the web, right? When everyone had their own URL and a company all of a sudden realized there's 15 different URLs out there that represent them, one's for service, one's for marketing, one's for uh, this or that, right? Um, and, and the same thing happened in social media. You know, Before they knew it, they had 15 handles that were out there, and they, the customer was confused about where they go for service. Right. 
And they didn't know really if, are these legitimate service issues or are these brand issues? Are these PR issues? Are these uh, things we need to respond to with a uniform message versus this is Shep's individual issue. He's having a product return issue and this is how I need to serve him. So I would say to date, uh, kind of mixed response on how, how many companies have done uh, a really good job of leveraging social for customer service. And certainly I think in the new disruption around service, that, that's coming to fore now. And the technology is there so that we know who you are. We can discern that uh, from, from a number of different characteristics of what you've talked about. And then, you know, we can, we, you don't have to go outside of the service handle to get, to get service. You can message us right within that. We don't have to right. say direct message us for this or that. Yeah, I mean, Twitter's done a great job of, of, of really saying, hey, let's shift into um, a corporate uh, version of our, our, you know, it, it's a company can get on and they can provide great service and they can get right. into a direct message mode, but stay in the same channel. And so, right. you know, I think social media customer service just, I, I think we're on the cusp of something big here. It's a major shift in a Absolutely. great way. But I, I did mention content marketing where we're pushing content. I feel it's a disservice not to push the right content. And with, uh, with understanding who your customer is, and even with some support from artificial intelligence, you should be able to push content to me that's different than content to my best friend or my spouse right. or, or right. somebody, just because you know me well enough to do so. And I think that's a big part of the customer experience. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've, we've talked about personalization. You mentioned being in the industry a long time. You probably have heard that, you know, over the last 20 years is, uh, you know, what every company was chasing was personalized one-to-one, mm -hmm. right? Um, and at least and make the customer feel like they're being exactly, approached one-to-one. Exactly. -one. And, and I think in a large part in, in service that's, that's failed to meet the promise of, of delivering the kind of personalization that every customer feels like you know they need, and, and and the reality is today it feels like service for the masses, right? Instead of service for me. Um, and yet, with AI and with technology and with content and with very targeted uh, information to certain customers, you know, it, it can feel like that that response is just exactly what you need at that moment in time, um, and it's it's the right information, right? So, you know, where we see this interesting opportunity for services. You mentioned marketing, but think about in sales. You know, think about you know going to get uh, service for a product that you have, and we've all had this experience. And somebody says, you know, I can't really help fix the product, but I can sell you a new one, right? I mean, this has happened to me several times. Mm -hmm. You know, what better moment in time to try to sell something to a customer than after you've helped them, right? And when so they're that's happy when and they're elated, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a humanness to you want to be able to reward somebody that's helped you, right, instead of someone that's just sort of coming in cold. But I mentioned, you know, the research found that collaboration across the enterprise is what, you know, every customer service department is seeing more of. And sales is one of those key areas. You know, no sales department wants to go and try to sell to customers who've had service issues, um, right? And, you know, service departments don't want to deal with oversold customers either, right, or promises that salespeople have made. Uh, that don't, you know, uh, materialize in what they get in the form of a product. So we're seeing this great opportunity in service, especially with AI, for us to say, you know, Shep, I helped you with this. If you added this other product or capability, you may not have that experience again in the future, or you might get more use of the product, or you might be able to solve the problem that you described to me much easier. Um, and those are just great uh, greenfield opportunities, I would say, for 
for companies to sort of explore as they think about how they can provide a disruptive. So there's a, uh, so it's the collaboration between sales and service, and there's a lot of training you have to give a customer service rep to be able to have that conversation, or you have to have uh, an artificial intelligence component that's smart enough to tell the right. agent, ask about this, or tell the customer about this, so they know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's Absolutely. In, any other areas of the company or departments of the company that need to collaborate better with customer service. Well, I think I think all parts of the company. I think you touched on something that's interesting. I'd love to just uh, drill on a little bit, which is, you know, the empowerment of the agent. So we talked about what's the role with AI and and the agent, and you know, part of you know our what we're building for is an, is a world where the service agent is very strategic in a service offering and is is smart and empowered. And I think that word empowered is important to sort of uh, spend some time on if you're a service leader. Today, agents, as you know, are in protocols, and they're driven very much by scripts. Um, and sometimes... And, it be, and by the way, it's obvious many times that they absolutely, are. Absolutely, absolutely. So that notion of conversational is completely lost. And you feel like it's transactional because you feel like somebody's just reading, and they are. So this ability to have an authentic conversation at the agent level, and you see a lot of customer service leaders going this way, where the agent is empowered to, to make decisions maybe that they weren't before because they're closest to solving the customer problem. And let's give them the tools and the information they need to be able to make smart decisions with customers and truly have that conversational service instead of the transactional. All right. Outstanding content and information. We always close with the one thing question. So, Keith, if there's one thing that you want to share with the audience is a reminder, an emphasis, or it's something we haven't talked about before, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I think that this notion of conversational service for us is something that if service leaders aren't thinking about how they can bring a form of intelligent conversational service to their customers and they stay in the transactional, somebody else is. And that somebody else are one of these companies who we may not have heard of but, you know, it's the next Uber or the next Airbnb, and the list could go on and on, of somebody bringing a real disruptive, intelligent customer service to market that's really going to be what customers flock to and reward their business to. All right. Conversational service is the next step. It's a big trend. It's a potential differentiator between you and your competitor. If your competitor does it, you're going to be left in the dust catching up. Great ideas, Keith. Uh, everybody I can't tell you how much I love. We have so many unbelievably great people uh, coming on our show. Keith Pierce, you're one of them. Outstanding. Thank you. Keith is a VP of Product Marketing, Salesforce Service Cloud. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next time. We'll have another amazing interview. And until next time, remember to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.